Loving God, we have heard this story before. The story of a star in the sky and a baby who was laid in a manger. We have heard this story before. Passed down in hopeful whispers throughout the generations. So this night, as we lean our hearts and our ears closer to you, we ask that you would make room in our souls to hear this story again. Make room in us for awe. Make room in us for wonder. Make room for heartache and compassion. Make room in our hearts for you. Pull us into the story that we might hear the truths of this ancient word as if it were the first time. For we know that you are still speaking. So speak to us again this night. We are listening. We are making room. Amen. Our first reading comes to us from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied exultation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the trampling warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Great will be his authority, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Treasure these words and ponder them in your heart.
Our gospel reading for this Christmas Eve is a familiar one. From Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place in the guest room. Now in that same region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a great multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about the child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had told them. And Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you,
Let us pray. God of David's fragile house, of hope and expectation, in the time of empires, your world is born to those who have no place and sung to those who watch in the wild. May his birth unsettle our world with hidden glory and untold peace. Through Jesus Christ, the child of promise, we pray. Amen. I wonder if you can think of a time in your life when someone made room for you and what a difference that made. For me, that person was Jason Chapman. The year was 1991, and I was a new kid at Tower Heights Middle School in Centerville, Ohio. My family had just moved from the north suburbs of Chicago, Illinois, and got to this new school, and I didn't know anybody. And apparently, I just had forgotten how to make friends, and so I didn't know how to talk to other people, and sat by myself at lunch, and walked around the recess yard by myself, hoping that no one would notice me. It was the loneliest year of my life. And despite my best efforts to somehow remain invisible, Jason saw me. Like me, Jason was actually a new kid. He was from Oklahoma, and boy, did he sound like it. <laughs> His accent was thick. And in that regard, he was much more of an outsider than I was. And yet, for some reason, he had no problem whatsoever making himself right at home at this new school. Like uh, some sort of alien, he would just sit down at tables with people he didn't know and start talking to them. At lunch, he didn't sit by himself like I did. I didn't know how to do what he did. During recess, he didn't walk around the schoolyard by himself. He played this game called football uh, with the other boys. <laughs> And he wasn't a particularly good athlete, uh, but he didn't allow that to keep him from playing. And at some point during that year, he took this wallflower under his wing. And so with Jason's insistence, I began sheepishly sitting at his lunch table. Now, I still didn't say much, but at least I wasn't sitting by myself. At least the teachers weren't coming over and sitting with me anymore, which is what had been happening to that point. <laughs> which, for all their best intentions, didn't make things better. <laughs> During recess, I, he pulled me into this uh, football game, and I can still hear him saying to me, Joel, we're playing football. Take your hands out of your pockets. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. He made room for me at a time in my life when I desperately needed it. It was an act of absolute grace, <clears throat> and my life changed because of it. Jesus was born into a crowded and weary world. And despite how our nativity scenes have portrayed Jesus' birth, and I'm sorry to be the one to tell you if you haven't heard this before, but it's not likely that Jesus was born in a stable. In fact, it's more or less impossible. The reason for that is because they didn't build separate stables 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. They still don't really do that over there. That's a European architectural practice. So when European Christians started imagining what it must have been like, they said, it must be like it was in our life. But for normal people at Jesus' time in Nazareth and Israel, the animals lived in the house with you. 
And most people lived in simple one or two room houses. And you'd bring in the animals at night and a family would walk up a few simple steps, probably not unlike this, and then they would sleep in their common living area. So you have your animals down here, families up here. Now some people also had a guest room, which was an additional room attached to the living room. Now unfortunately, most of our translations have called this guest room the inn, which has caused all kinds of problems for us. We've imagined a cruel innkeeper. How many Christmas pageants have we seen with the cruel innkeeper? Who does not show up in Luke 2, by the way? And then, of course, we imagine a non-existent stable. The much more likely scenario is that Joseph went to his ancestral home of Bethlehem, and his extended family didn't turn him out into the streets, but welcomed him in, him and Mary, into a crowded home. And because there were so many people in town for that census, There was no room in the guest room. But Joseph's family still made room for Mary and for Joseph and for the newborn Jesus in the common area, which incidentally is where the mangers would have been because those animals got to eat, right? It's, you could do a lot worse, I think, for a cradle than a manger. It's a humble origin story to be sure, but it's also kind of homey. In all likelihood, Jesus was born into a poor family surrounded by love because you don't need money to have love do you but one thing you do need if you're going to have love is sharing see love can't be kept to oneself it must be shared with others and in our story that sharing begins not with the wealthy and the powerful but with the lowly shepherds Now, there's some debate amongst the scholars about whether shepherds were considered outcasts in the first century. Some people say yes, some people say no. It doesn't really matter. But one thing we can say for sure is that shepherds would have been very unlikely first guests at a royal birth. But that's exactly who God invites. And the hospitality of Joseph's family multiplies. They made room for Joseph and Mary and Jesus, who in turn make room for the shepherds. See, when we receive grace, we can't keep it to ourselves. It doesn't stop with us, but it flows through us to others. Now, I have no memory of wanting to be a pastor before seventh grade. Before that, the only thing I can remember wanting to be was Maverick. (laughs) But it was during that lonely year of my life that I realized that what I want to do with my life is to be a part of communities that make room for everyone, but especially those who've been left out. Jason Chapman made room for me, and that changed my life. Now, we never became good friends particularly. I never went to his house. He never went to mine. And in fact, the next year, he moved back to Oklahoma. And by that time, I was still a lonely, shy kid, but I had begun to find my way in large part because he made room for me. When we make room for others, incredible things happen. New life and possibilities emerge. Children who are born on the margins but still know love grow up and grow up to love other people and center those who are on the margins. When we make room for others, the exhausted are free to catch their breath. 
and those who thought they were invisible are suddenly seen. And the traumatized, they find a safe place where they can begin to heal. See, hospitality is at the heart of the Christmas story because hospitality is at the heart of God. Yes, Joseph's family makes room for him and for Mary and for Jesus, who in turn make room for the shepherds. But in the end, Christmas is all about God making room for us. The message of Christmas is that God has come to us in the form of this child, and this is, this is good news of great joy for all people. So despite appearances otherwise, God has not abandoned our world. In becoming human, God makes room for humanity within God's own life. From here on out, there can be no God without humanity. We are forever bound together because God made room for us. Beloved, you are not invisible to God. You are seen and forever loved. And God will always make room for you. Amen.